Well, hello there. You're listening to Jelly and Bean, a fortnightly news and discussion show where we talk about geek culture, the things geeks love and geeks love to hate. This show is hosted by Brandon Maines and by me, Jelly, although I'm sometimes known as Daniel Farrelly. It's Friday, the 2nd of November, 2012, and this is episode two. Hello, Bean. Hello, Jelly. How are you this fine time? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm happy to be doing our second episode. This, up until now, at this point, it feels like this was the first episode with the intro. Mm-hmm. It's strange. It's our first uh, better planned episode. Better planned episode. This is true. We have we've actually put some planning in, and I've put some planning in because I haven't been working on the website uh, nonstop. So, I've actually got notes, which is crazy. So, that's good. And in fact, we have follow-up, because we th- there's a few things that have happened that we touched on uh, in the first episode, uh, and stuff has happened. It's been well, a very busy right two weeks. It. So, yeah. Um, so... Doctor Who. How are you going with Doctor Who? I honestly don't remember where I was last time we talked. Last time we talked, you had just watched the episode with the Dalek as opposed to the Dalek. Yes, yes. I, I, do, I do remember that. <laughs> yes. I do remember being uh, corrected. Yes. Yeah, I got, I got an email uh, from uh, a friend of mine who said, oh, she's from, from the UK, friend of ours actually mutual friend and she said oh thank you thank you for correcting him you know because uh if you're not careful it can come out the wrong way and which is um so the the word that she said it sounds like if you're not careful is i think uh dalit which is like a really low uh like a it's a group of homeless people in india so yeah I, I, that would probably confuse whoever was listening if they thought I, if they thought I ever said that. Yeah. But so, I, I, I would think from context it would make sense if I was talking about a, uh, <laughs> a deadly robot or a, a group of uh, homeless people in India. Indeed. These are the things that geeks care about. <laughs> the way that you pronounce villains' names. So so you were you were up to uh, the, the Dalek. So whereabouts have you made it to now? Okay. Well, I, I'm relatively sure I've seen a couple episodes after that. Um, the last one I can remember is, I'm blanking right now, uh, I've seen the one with the kid who turns everyone into uh, gas mask wearing pseudo zombies. Ah, uh, yes. With, yes, with the, are, are you my mummy? Yes, that one, it's creepy, that one. Yes, very. Um so I've I've seen that was a two parter and I've seen both of those, um, so that was my first uh, I guess exposure to was it is it Jack Harkness is that right Ah uh, yes Captain Jack yep yes okay good I said it right this time <laughs> <laughs> well it's not Jake it's Jack <laughs> Jake Jake Harkness <laughs> Jake Harkness um, um, so I, I've been uh, I've seen oh actually now I remember the last episode I saw okay good the one with the last of the aliens that try to take over uh the uk the the family of aliens that wore people like suits oh right yeah the um 
Oh, no, I'm blanking. Yeah. Well, see, the problem is we watch so many shows, all, all these names start to sound the same. You know, we know it's just that, that alien race. So, you know, you remember, you, there, there's only so many alien race names you can remember. Well, yes. But, see, I have the magical thing called Google, so I will, I will very quickly find out what the, this race is. Uh, it is... Oh, and I didn't even have to get to it. It's the Slovene. Slovenes, okay. Yeah. Uh, so okay. they, the, so you're up to the one with uh, where she's become, I think, is it mayor? Yeah, I think the mayor of Cardiff. She's become the mayor of Cardiff, and she is trying to build a power plant. Yes. Yes. Good. So that was that was the last episode that I've seen. Um, so I still have a couple episodes left in season slash series one, depending on what section of the world you're in and how you want to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so a couple, a couple episodes left, and then move on to the next season and the next Doctor, if yes. I remember if I remember my Wikipedia correctly. The David Tennant Doctor. It's when things it, start to get very, very interesting, and then very, very crazy, and then back to back, back to being good again. Okay. Well, I, I I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I've heard heard a lot of good things about him as the Doctor. Well, he's the the longest serving new Doctor at this stage, uh-huh. uh, because I mean Matt Smith is in his uh, second season, no, third season. I'm blanking again because apparently that's what I do. So he's in his third season now. Um, I've just looked it up. Uh, he so he's almost rivaling. Tenant who has done three seasons, okay. Plus, uh, but but also, uh, Tenant did a selection of um, specials. Right. They they did they had for a uh, like one year when they were not they did instead of a se- an actual season. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving on to other follow up. So. Uh, Last episode, uh, I keep wanting to say last week, but it's actually a fortnight ago, so last episode. Well, who knows? Maybe we'll become so popular we'll be doing it every week, and then you can say last week. Indeed, and that would be very nice. But uh, anyway, last episode, we talked about a few different things, uh, one of which was the, uh, the Apple event that was coming up and is now past, where... We would and we discussed the possibility of them um, introducing an iPad Mini, uh, which was all the rage. Um, and it turned out that everybody was actually correct, and they they announced an iPad Mini, but they also announced a few other things, like an updated uh, iPad, well, the full size iPad, uh, a new iMac, and a new Mac Mini which means that they've now refreshed a whole uh, slew of, of products uh, in time for Christmas. Yeah, which... Didn't they uh, also release a 13-inch MacBook Pro? They did, actually. You, that's correct. You are correct. I cannot believe I forgot that one. <laughs> well, well, we'll let it go this time. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. So the iPad Mini is, uh, is looking very good. Um, I've actually ordered two of them. One for uh, me and one for my wife. And 
so we're very much looking forward to that. They actually do get released tomorrow as uh, in stores. Uh, so you, if you are sewing... Or rather, they actually get released today. Have been released. Because when this episode airs, it will be already to- today. Um, or rather, it will be already tomorrow. It will be in the future. That's, that's confusing. We'll just say it, it releases on the 2nd. Whatever day that is, whatever day that is in is, in relation to whatever day this the person is listening to the podcast. <laughs> this is true. So the second, and uh, so you can walk into a store and buy one. Um, and in fact, I, I may swing by just to see what they're like. But um, my iPads are actually I'm go, I'm going to be receiving the uh, this. I don't want to say cellular because that's very American. So I, I'm going to say 4G, even though they're not called that. Uh, they are the Wi-Fi plus 4G model. Uh, and that is... that they, they don't ship until late November. Which is strange that they've, they've uh, you know, offset it like that. Because you would think that they would... Have everything out all at once just to mm. get as many people to buy it as soon as possible. Exactly, but so yeah. so I'm really I'm I'm wondering why they've done that. But again, but really, I mean that's neither here nor there because you know once late November comes and it will eventually come, uh, you know it, everybody will forget about why about the fact that they actually did release it. You know, on a kind of yeah, the the, the fan base is there for the, for the people who are going to buy it. They're more than happy to wait you know, an extra month if they need be for something that they want. Exactly. So, and that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm waiting the extra month. And uh, I mean, I know some people who are planning on either buying and then returning or buying this one and then getting the, 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 you know, the, the 4G later when it comes. And, um, but you know, uh, I'm happy to wait for the 4G. I'm still using my, my three and using that for development purposes. Uh, I'm not actually going to be upgrading to the fourth generation. Um, so the fourth generation, a lot of people have been saying, "Oh, it's not worth upgrading yet." You know, wait, wait until the wait until the next one. Um, but I mean, the, the the iPad is like the the, the fourth generation one, the, the iPad with Retina screen, as it's now known, uh, is actually it's twice the speed of the old one. Like the 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 processor and that sort of thing is clocked higher. It's uh, it's a lot faster so it's been and it's been improved because it's got the it's got the same well it's got an upgraded version of the chip that's in the iphone 5 which is right very fast uh the the ipad 3 or rather the third generation ipad uh always it suffered a little bit with um with its speed to do with the retina screen sometimes there would be there were certain things that you uh you would try to do as a developer which uh would be slow uh, because just simply because of the sheer number of pixels because it's a huge display uh and hopefully the fourth generation somewhat deals with this because the you know the double speed i mean that's a that's a big jump in any sort of standards like when if a computer jumped you know like a laptop or a desktop computer jumped, you know, twice the speed. All of a sudden, you'd be, oh yes, that's awesome. Let's go out and buy it. Um, but I guess in like the mobile arena, that's not necessarily the case. I don't. I, I, I think it. I think it's because uh, for mobile devices, they're already relatively fast. 
Hmm. Like there, there's there's not usually a situation where you go, oh, this thing's running really slow. Like you know, if you're on your desktop computer and you you know you open up, uh, you know Photoshop, whatever, and it, it takes you know ten minutes to start up, as you know it might on some slow, very slow computers. You go, okay, I want to upgrade. You know, have something actually, you know, load up twice as fast or you know a lot faster. Yep. I think with mobile mobile applications, even double the speed, it might go from you know, maybe a three second wait time to, you know, one and a half second wait time. So I, I think the the improvements on paper are higher, you know, think again, like saying double the speed, but I think in actual time it's not as large a gap as it would be in other uh, other platforms. Sure. Um so I mean the the question came like for me was uh, and I, I considered it and I considered it at great lengths uh because I've I have bought every iPhone that's been available in Australia uh, since they started coming out. I've also bought every iPad that's been available uh, since they started coming out. So this is the first time where I've had to uh, I've had to really think about it. And the, the, essentially, I think what happened is I I saw that there was two devices coming out, and look, I I'm not. I'm not one of those people who I, I have to have the device. I'm not going to use it. I just have to have it for that, you know, to be able to say that I have it. But I do have to have it because of development purposes, uh, which is maybe it's an excuse that my brain actually believes, but that's that's the reason that I've, you know, that I actually even bothered considering it in the first place. And, I mean, the thing is, is that I have to draw a line somewhere Otherwise, I'm essentially paying all of my money to Apple because, right. you know, I, you, you, when you buy into their ecosystem, you, you really buy into their ecosystem. Like there is like everything, it, things are priced fairly uh, expensively and somewhat deservingly so in my particular opinion. Uh, the, but look, it's... Um, You've got to, I've got to draw the line at somewhere, and I think the the fact that you know I've bought an iPad Mini this year means that I'm going to draw the line and say, look, no fourth generation iPad for me. I'll upgrade that next year. Hold on to the the iPad Mini and do them kind of uh, on a one you know buy one and then the other uh, basis, so that I'm not spending all of my money. Well, as much as Apple, I'm sure would appreciate if you did. <laughs> Yes, well. But, you know, and at the same time, you got to think that the iPad 3, if I remember correctly, only came out about seven months ago. That's um, right. Or is, it, is that right? Does that sound about it right? Was, I, I think it was in February, yeah. Right. So a lot less than the year that you normally get between versions of this as well. That's so right. you've bought it. You haven't even had, you know, I guess a normal cycle with the iPad 3 you, you already have. That's right. Um, yeah, you know, and and I mean, who knows? Maybe they'll maybe they'll switch it and they'll start doing releases every six months. And you know, you want to make sure that you're in that correct mindset where you don't go, "I need to buy it. I need to buy it. I need mm. to buy it." Go, All right, it's you know, it's a, it's it's more of a gradual upgrade than a new product. Yeah, at least for the the iPad three to four or whatever it's called, as opposed to at least the iPad Mini is something new, and you know, you, you know, you can you can come up with new uses for it that you wouldn't use the. The, the, the full size one, one yeah. for. So, I mean, I, I don't think they'll they're going to move to a six month uh, release schedule, 
um, simply because I mean none of their other uh, none of their other products do that. None of their other products do that. I'll try and actually speak correctly. Uh, the the thing is, is that they, I think they've shifted their time frame because previous to this, they were in a very awkward uh, moment because you in the lead up to Christmas, people would buy their f- friends, family iPads for Christmas and as gifts, and they would get the iPad. Um, or that, or you know, or they would take advantage of the sales and buy one for themselves, and then, then you know, they'd have the iPad for for like two months, and then they would have then like the next one is released, and they'd have this, you know, they semi outdated, you know, semi outdated piece of technology, which meant that that that's awkward for Apple because it means that people aren't going to necessarily buy them. People are going to kind of hold off and go, oh well. No, we'll get them something else else for Christmas. I don't want to get them something that's going to be out of date in two months. Like it's not even, yeah. you know, it's 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 a very short period of time to have a device. And uh, so what they've done is they've they've actually shifted it to to being a pre pre Christmas launch, which actually makes a lot more sense um, because I mean the iPad has been up until this point a you know a, a gift device like people buy them for gifts uh fairly regularly i mean i've i bought one for for my mum um for christmas one year uh in tandem with my uh older brother we we uh we bought her a an ipad first generation one i think uh after it came out so that for christmas so it was slightly before the two came out Mm-hmm. And you know, and and of course, you know, me being the guy that has to upgrade every year, I was um, like two months later, I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, I think I think that it's a much better slot for them as far as uh, schedules are concerned, and I think it'll um, I think it'll, it'll do them a lot of good for sales anyway, um, especially the iPad Mini. Um, because you know the, the low price point means that a lot of people will want to pick it up as a as a gift. Now, personally, I was going to say I think even that low price point is a bit too expensive considering the price of the other seven-inch tablets. But who knows? I you know well, like yeah. only only time will tell, and you know give it give it a month or two, and they might be you know more than leading the you know the seven-inch or seven to eight-inch tablet space and only time will tell in that like uh, essentially it's it, the the question at the moment is will will it it's it's now walking into a market that other people uh have are dominating which is you know the seven inch tablet market because it's not been here in like uh, it's it's always been a large tablet so the question is whether or not people stop buying the full-size ipad in favor of this or other products in favor of this and in all honesty, I think that it's like it. Yes, it is a little bit more expensive than I'd hoped, and it's a little more expensive uh, expensive than other people had hoped um, that it would be. But that being said, it's still a price drop from what the the original entry price was uh, for buying iPads, and that's can only be a good thing for them. Yeah, and and. You know, like, like you're saying, it's, it's cheaper than the actual iPad of the full size, yep. which means that this might be the entry drug, so to speak, exactly. for uh, for new um, tablet buyers to come in 
they want they want Apple because they want it to match their phone or because it's the one that has the apps. They yep. spend, uh, I, th- I think, at the the lowest priced one in Australia is uh, three seventy. So spend three Roughly, steps yeah. somewhere. Yeah, so it's somewhere around there. They buy it. They love it. Next year they go. All right, I want the full sized one. You know, so they're spending, you know, a little over five hundred bucks, and Apple's making even more money off them. Sure, and I mean the benefit is that they like even in buying the smaller version, you still get all the f- like the full sized iPad apps in a size that's still usable because uh, the they worked out that the touch areas on the iPad are still going to be roughly the same size as the actual f- uh, as the phone, uh, whereas on the full size iPad they're actually slightly larger. Um, it's it's going to be, I think it's going to be a very well received device, in all honesty. Um, and I think time will only tell. Yeah. And speaking of tablets, I believe the there there was another tablet that possibly. Oh yeah, I, I wonder what that could be. <laughs> so, last week we talked. Uh, rather extensively about uh, Microsoft's entry into the tablet world, uh, or rather re-entry, as they've had uh, at least a couple of uh, attempts and failures prior to this where they just tried to load good old XP onto a tablet or whatever, um, onto a tablet-like device, that is. And so now they're, now he, they're, they're actually arriving with, with the Surface, which is their first... Uh, traditional Same. tablet. I, well, it's not really traditional, is it? It's just you know, like everybody else is currently doing. They're 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 modern tablet. Their modern first modern tablet. That's it. That's better. Tra- traditional, so oldie and old sounding. <laughs> you know, I when I was a kid, we had Shafish all day. <laughs> I don't really. Where am I again? Anyway, so <laughs> they've re- uh, they've released it. It's released now, isn't it? Yes, um, uh, it released the same day as Windows 8, which was the 26th. That's right, of course. And uh, so you can now walk into a store and buy a Surface, uh, which is interesting. And I, I still think that it's too early to really say whether or not this is going to go well for them. Um, there, there's been a few reviews around uh, going around the internet and, like, and you know, it's kind of here and there. I haven't seen any really great reviews or any really bad reviews. It's just, well, this is great for Microsoft, or you know, this is it's 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 good, but it's not what I'm looking for, or uh, you know, it's it's lackluster in you know when it comes to other ones, or Microsoft is trying too hard, or or whatever. Uh, one particular article that I read um, by Marco Arment, who uh, is a technology writer and creator of an app called Instapaper. Uh, he wrote an article about his experience in an app, uh, in a Microsoft store uh, in his local mall. I'm going to throw a link into the show notes. Uh, and on, on that, uh, you can actually read the show notes at the website for Jelly and Bean, which is jellystyle.com forward slash podcasts forward slash jelly and bean forward slash two because this is episode two uh so this article is called an alternate universe and uh so this article talks about his experience in a uh in in a one of the microsoft stores and really the uh 
it really feels like they're like they're trying too hard. They have they are selling uh, like their salespeople have uh, have got a script that they kind of run to specific talking points to talk about and you know sell it on, and it just like it, it feels like. Th- it, it's it feels like they're they're coming on too strongly, and you know, the drunk guy at the bar now that they've walked into from last yeah. week, and you know, and so now they are you know, trying to chat people up, but it's kind of being the people are turned off them by the fact that they're you know coming on a bit too strongly. What do you think? Too too pushy for what it is they're trying to sell and how they're trying to get customers. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of me says I can understand that. Um, not not that I think it's a good idea, but at least I can understand. Cause they're going, you know, like we said last week, they're they're walking to a crowded bar. They're, they're trying to distinguish themselves. And, you know, as much as it's maybe not the best way, but a way of distinguishing yourself is to be, you know, the loudest one in the room and trying to get everyone's attention no matter how you do it. Um and like I'm, I'm looking through the website here, and it it, it looks, it looks Apple-y is the only way I can describe it, uh, that, the way their store set up. Yeah, it it really is. Like I I've um, in my trips to America, I've I've walked into a Microsoft store or so, or so uh, and they are they they're like a, a ripoff of an Apple store. It, it's you know the sparsity and the the tables like and the people in the blue shirts like if you walked around like if you walked in there and hadn't seen the sign you could be forgiven for thinking you're in an apple store except for the fact that all the products kind of just don't have that you know apple look but and that's not to say as well that apple owns the uh is the only one who's allowed to do stores that look like that it's it's just it's 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 obvious that that's what everyone associates with apple of course, and much, yeah, and, and as much as it may may not have been the first one, they're obviously the most well known. Of course, but the thing is, is that if, as you say, they are trying to you know be the loudest ones in the room, copying off other people, or uh, which is what they seem to be doing as far as their stores are concerned, uh, is probably not the best way to go around that uh, about that because it just all it does is kind of make make people feel weird. And make people feel slightly creeped out, like I don't know. It's it seems to be like like they're trying to suck up to people by pretending to be cool, but they're really not. You know, their yeah. their core business is business. It like and and you know because that's that's the that's the people who are buying the majority of their products. That's what they that's who they market to. Uh, and now they've trying, decided that they want to change track, and they are, you know, marketing to people that you know, you know, the younger crowd, the you know, college kids, and and stuff like that, which it's off-putting a little bit, I think. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think what Microsoft should be doing, instead of trying to say, "Look at us, we're like Apple," they should be saying, "Look, this is the product we have." These are all the great things you can do with it. You know, it, it can do this. It can run Office. You know, it, it has. It looks like this. It's just different than what you get in all the other ones. You know, like to, mm-hmm. I guess to, to to brag about the good points as opposed to say, look, you know, we can do. Uh, look, we can do the same thing here. You can do in on on that other tablet that we're not going to name. You know, yep. 
like instead of trying to make themselves like the competition, they should be pointing out where they're different. And they are to a certain extent, but the things that they're different on aren't necessarily uh, great things. One of the things that uh, the article talks about is that they do actually quite often mention how they're different to other tablets. And uh, Marco actually asks the guy selling, uh, trying to sell him the, the Surface, you know, whether or not he was uh, uh, what first at first wanted to work for uh, Apple or whether he came directly to you know work at the Microsoft store and and the guy was like oh no I I, I want to work at the Microsoft store because you know I, I I like being able to you know change the stuff that I have uh, you know like upgrading my sound card and Marco interjects with oh you can upgrade the sound card in the Surface but which, which you can't yeah and. It's they're they're changing like Microsoft is changing their track to be a little bit more like Apple in that they're you know releasing their own soft hardware, um, and but also you know making a, something that is self-contained and that you don't need to upgrade uh, to a like it you you can add more memory to it but that's that's the extent of it. Um, I don't know I. I think that we will f- will find. I think we will definitely find out where, whether or not this is going to be good for them. They will probably sell uh, plenty of services. It will probably be worth their while. And even if it's not, you know, they have a tendency to go under. You know, they they have a tendency to allow for uh, you know uh, losses. When it comes right, and to still, still know, being able to come out on top, and still coming out on top. I, I mean, they, they they did they've done that with the the Xbox for for a while. Uh, you know, so they, uh, it's not going to necessarily go terribly for them, but I feel like this is, is I feel like this is the Zune all over again. Well, you know, it's funny that you say that. Is that the Zune got quite a big following? Um, mm-hmm. and a lot of people liked what it did, like mm-hmm. like the look of it, which is, <clears throat> oddly enough, uh, a lot of the Zune styling has been taken, has been absorbed, I guess, in, into Windows 8, into the Surface, into the Windows Phone devices. That that, that Metro look um, kind of first started with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I think the Zune was one of those things where it was, uh, I guess, critics liked it, but it just didn't sell. And, you know, as much as I'm sure Microsoft would be happy with that, it's probably not the best thing for them. They'd like to find something that doesn't matter what people say as long as they buy it. Yeah, well, I mean, really, I think what they want is for people to buy this and eventually for this to be the, uh, you know, a a big player in the, uh, the tablet market. I nearly said the iPad market. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, that would not have necessarily been you know wrong, but the tablet market, uh, and I, d- I don't see that happening at this stage. But I mean, only time will tell. Well, I think from there we can jump on to a s- uh, slightly related topic: Windows Eight. Windows Eight. Uh, yes. Well, as I said earlier, that released the same day as the Surface. That was uh, October twenty sixth. Um, so it, it hasn't been out uh, that long. Was it, was it a, um, what about a week somewhere around there? 
Yeah, and it was uh, last Friday, I think. Was it last Friday? Yeah, yes. yeah, I think so. Oh, about a week. Um, now, uh, uh, what is his name? Steve Ballmer, the Microsoft CEO, announced yeah. uh, a couple days ago that in the first three days, Windows 8 has already sold 4 million upgrades. That's, that's Which, impressive. Yeah, I was going to say, well, I think that's pretty good, especially considering um, it, it is a, a very, well, not necessarily a very different, it's at least somewhat different of an operating system. It's it's not, I don't think it's going to be as easy a change as it was from, say, you know, Vista to 7. Sure. Where, or, or even XP to Vista, as much as people didn't like it, it was at least a very, you know, everything worked pretty much the same way. You know, you, you click that and something popped open, you click this and something went away, you know, that kind of thing. Sure. Um, so, uh, yeah. so do you have uh, Windows eight yet, or are you holding off? I, I'm holding off. Um, two reasons. One is uh, <clears throat> for my main laptop is a work laptop, and my boss has said that he doesn't want to upgrade until at least a service pack comes out, just to kind of sure. give us a bit of safe, you mm-hmm. know, a safe zone. And at the same time, since we do a lot of uh, software development, we don't want to jump into a new environment. And of screw course. ourselves up because yeah. we don't, you know, because something's changed or they've, you know, they've got rid of some, you know, library that we used before that certainly doesn't work in eight. Um, mm-hmm. And then the one at home, I just don't want to pay the money for it. <laughs> <laughs> how how much uh, is how much is the upgrade? Okay, well, to upgrade to Windows eight Pro, it's forty bucks for a downloadable copy or seventy for a box DVD. Okay, um, that's a, that's but a it, big improvement over what they what they used to do. Well, that's also just an upgrade, though. That's not a full version. That's true, yeah. Um, and if, you, if you've if uh, you purchased a Windows 7 PC, uh, I think it says from the 2nd of June, you can upgrade to Windows 8 Pro for only $15. Okay. So there's a... Yeah, I, I believe they've done that before. Yeah. So, you know, that, I guess it's good if you bought one recently. You, you want to jump up to the next uh, operating system. At least it's not costing you an arm and a leg. And um, how... How many like how many computers can you install it on? If you uh, buy I, haven't, the I, haven't, I haven't seen any numbers for that. I, I'm going to assume it's just going to be one. Okay. Uh, I'm relatively sure that is their standard. Yep. Um, but I mean that's not that's not terrible. You know, most people are. Mo- I guess most uh, your average person only has one computer in the house. Uh, sure. I think I think we're a bit different in the sense that we you know like I know I have. I think I have three, and, and me and my wife have three between us, and I'm sure you have a couple. <laughs> yeah, I have, I have a couple, a couple, but neither none of mine are Windows machines. So, uh, but I was I was actually going to say that that's it. The, the, there there is a difference, and again, this is another thing where Apple, uh, sorry, Microsoft is starting to try and become a little bit more like Apple, and uh, in in the way that they uh, do things, um, Apple release their and have for a while released you know their their software updates their major ones uh as um as at a relatively cheap price uh you know 30 40 dollars uh i think the last one was roughly 29 dollars off the top oh, of my head it was it was fairly it's fairly cheap uh nowadays um apple do it online only so you don't you can't actually i don't think you can buy uh when you when you Sorry, for Lion, they uh, they had a USB that you could buy and you could install it on your computer via the USB uh, drive. And I think they did away with that for, for Mountain Lion. And now it's all through the 
App Store, the Mac App Store. Well, I think that kind of makes a little more sense for Apple's market. Yep. Uh, they tend they tend to be, I think, a bit more uh, tech, at least web savvy. Maybe maybe not tech savvy, but at least web savvy. Sure. Um, you so know, because like you know, hmm. someone's grandmother isn't going to be going out and buying a a Mac, but more than likely, you know, the, the grandmothers of the world probably have Windows PCs somewhere. Well, so, maybe, but I think I think you're also discounting the fact that. Uh, you know, geeks geeks buy their the the stuff for their their family and their friends a lot of the time. So you know, if it's left up to them, um, you know, they they may it depends on what they're going to buy. And I think that there's there's plenty of people out there that are uh, not necessarily computer savvy that are using uh, using an Apple uh, machine. And in in any case, like it's the, the the method for for downloading and installing it because it's through the Mac App Store, which is something that most people now are getting a hang the hang of. I think uh, it's just you know you download it, it installs, and it's it should just work, which is you know the way that Apple like to think that everything happens. The other, like, but the the other benefit of it is if you are a little bit more computer savvy, you can actually take that. Uh, downloaded copy, and then you can install it on any computers, and that's actually covered under their, you know, their, their uh, agreement. In that you can install it on any computer. Like if you buy it, you can install it on any computer you own. So, which I which I think is is excellent, and it's a, it's a big contrast to being able to uh, uh, only being able to install it on one computer. Yeah, I I think Apple has a bit more leeway in that department as well because they're the ones who also sell you the hardware sure that they can that you know they know their margins and they can say uh you know all right we'll we'll let you install it on you know a couple devices and you know we've done our research and we know that the you know average person might have you know three and mm-hmm. you know but with microsoft that is where they make their money is in the os sure at least at least now until the surface where they actually have some hardware out there as well yep um but I mean, I think I can understand with them saying no. You know, you can only do it with one. Yeah. Um, no, I, I I can understand. Um, I think that you know it it shows that the tack is uh, is a little bit off, and I think that they really Microsoft needs to I think uh, find their own position again. You know, they they used to be the leader in the market, and uh, and it's. It's becoming less and less so. I mean, in the OS market, yeah, they, yeah, sure, you know, they, they, they still have more copies of their OS out there on computers or whatever. But gradually, that's they're, they're losing that. Um, you know, as as people either switch to a Mac or start using tablets uh, and you know iPads and, and Android tablets, so and even their phones. And even their phones, and you know, because now people don't need to use a big, you know, big desktop box. Well, I mean, what, what do most people do online? They they check their email, or you go do it on a computer. They they go online and check their email. They get on Facebook, and that's about it. Listen to a podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, if they're, <laughs> if they're if they're smart and attractive, then yes, of course. Yes, if they're smart and attractive, they listen to Jelly and Bean. That that should be our uh, tagline <laughs> on the website to say if you're smart and attractive, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I mean that that's what the that's what you know the majority of people do. You know they don't they don't need a 
a computer anymore, like except in ca- cases of you know people like us, you know, developers or uh, you know business people or you know someone who who works with you know videography or photography, you know that that needs that other environment. But for the everyday person, it's not as important as it used to be. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I think that they're trying. That they are trying, and it's very very clear that they are. Uh, whether or not they're trying too hard or or not hard enough, uh, or taking just completely the wrong uh, the, the wrong route, I think I think Microsoft still has some kick in it. But I, I think that I think it's not as big as it used to be, and it's not as big as it needs to be. In that, I think that they're focusing slightly in the wrong direction because they're trying to you know market to the to where apple uh have typically marketed to but the difference is is that apple like apple didn't start out by marketing to them and then suddenly you know people started buying it and that's how they became cool actually what happened was that you know people started buying apple products and then they started marketing to those people which is a different is very very different to the way that uh, the Microsoft is going about this, right? I guess what you're saying is a- Apple kind of let the people buy them, and they figured out who they were. Yeah, and Microsoft is trying to get those same people, yeah. whether or not they're the people who would want it to begin with. Yeah. So uh, look, I, I think that it like it stands to be seen what they do, and you know I've heard good bad things about uh, Windows Eight. Um, you know, obviously they're they're doing something very different, and it's you know that's very ballsy for them. Whether or not they can, uh, whether or not they can pull it off, uh, it stands to be seen. Yeah. And I, and I would say for for our listeners out there, you know, if you do have to, or you know, you are in the market for a new PC, I think from what I've heard, don't don't be scared to get a Windows eight PC. Okay. Um, like uh, from from what I've heard, it, it's. Uh, for for those of you who don't know, there's there's two different views that you're you're gonna get. You're gonna get the touchscreen view, the the metro style with the and then squares, you're gonna, exactly. The tiles, as they're called. Oh, the tiles. Or you're going to get the, uh, I guess, standard Windows desktop view. Um, now, uh, I think I was reading an article on, I, I want to say Ars Technica. It was either that or Gizmodo, because. Those are pretty much the only two sites I, I go to for tech news. Yep. Um, and their review essentially said it's Windows 8 is, is good as long as you stick to one of those views and don't try to like don't don't continuously go between them as as much as you can help it. Yep. So if if you want to if you want to use the Metro view, you stay in Metro as best you can and you'll enjoy it. If you want to use Desktop, you stay in Desktop as best you can and you'll enjoy it. Again, yep. it's as best you can because their view is talking about how times where uh, you know, say you want to, you're in, you're in the Metro view, and you want to uh, go through some photos you have in your My Pictures folder. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's fine. You double click on it. You know, it opens up in the the Pictures program, but you can't scroll left and right because the way it's set up. Um, well, actually, let's scratch part of what I said. Say you want to view in anything other than the My Pictures folder. So okay. you, you you've you've thrown it onto the you know, jelly and bean subfolder in, you know, your, your C drive. Yep. Uh, you can click it. It'll open up the one photo, but not any of the others, unless you close okay. down it, open up the next one. The right. only one it will open up everything in is your, my pictures folder. 
like where you can treat it like you normally would, you know, just hit left and right and it'll scroll between all the photos because of the way the security is set up. That's strange. Now that you can, yeah, and with that you can go, all right, I understand they want to make it secure, but that doesn't make any sense. Like no, that, that's, not a, that's not a situation where, you know, if you're using the Metro version, you don't want to have to, you know, jump back to the desktop, say, you know, right-click everything, change the security settings, tell it to open it up in a different program. You just want it to work. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that that's where that's that from from what I've um, what I've read and what I've looked at. That's where Windows 8 is struggling. Is okay. it's it's not it's not easy enough to stick to the new view. Like the, the, you know, there's too many settings that are hidden in the desktop mode that still affect you in the the Metro view. Right. Well, I guess I guess what we'll see is that you know when they release their surf, the their service packs as they do. Uh, that hopefully over time this it improves and we, that it actually works out for them. Yeah, and I, I think at the same time, people aren't going to stop buying as much as you know. We were kind of thinking that it, we're we're starting to get to that post PC world. I don't think it's going to happen right away. Of course not. And people are still going to be buying computers, and people are probably going to complain, and then they're going to get used to it. You know what I mean? Like that's that's how it always is when with a new, uh, you know, uh, something that changes. Yeah, sure. You know, like they can complain all they want, but eventually they're just going to figure out how they have to, you know, what they have to do to get back into the the swing of things, and they're going to forget about it. Sure. Well, that's all the fee- the the uh, the follow up. We've spent like over over half an hour. Actually, like it's more like probably nearly an hour talking about follow up. <laughs> Awesome. Well, so, in, in our defense, it probably won't happen next time because there won't be this new stuff coming out. No, this is true. We've had a very—it's been a very big two weeks uh, since the last episode, so um, we we didn't want to miss out on on and talking about that sort of stuff. Uh, yeah, we we wanted to make sure that you, you guys all knew. And look, uh, it—you know—if you don't want us talking about things, you should. Write to us and tell us all about how you don't want us talking about talking for an hour about things. Exactly, we have you can talk to us either Twitter, Facebook, or email. Yes, and we will cover off those at the end of the episode for you, so that you know how to get in touch. All right, well, let's uh, let's move on to one of the next topics. Uh, how about video games? Video games. Well, we haven't talked about video games yet. Well, that's good. People people won't know what to expect. It's new territory. Yes, well, I'll start off if you don't mind. Sure. So, lately, Ruby and I have been playing, uh, for those of you who don't know, Ruby's my wife. Ruby and I have been playing Borderlands 2. Indeed. That game is amazing. That's all I got. Let's let's go. And (laughs) so we'll move on to the next topic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, but so, Borderlands 2. Uh, It's been out for, I don't know, maybe... Um, let's see, I got the date here. Uh, the 18th of the 9th in North America and the 20th of the 9th in Australia. Right. So, a uh, bit over a month. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Ruben and I couldn't get it right away because my Xbox is uh, a US Xbox, so it sometimes has trouble playing uh, Australian games. Sure. Uh, it depends on you know uh, region settings, that kind of stuff. So I bought it on Amazon and then Amazon, for some reason, wouldn't ship it out here. And so I, I had to ship it to my boss's wife's uh, 
overseas office because I knew they were going there for like a vacation slash work for you know a week or two, and oh, they wow. would bring it back for me. <laughs> oh wow! So I was eagerly awaiting the day that my boss would come back because he would have Borderlands Two with him for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's a little different to normal. Yeah. Um. So Borderlands Two so far. It has sold 5 million copies, which is not maybe not as big as the Call of Duty type games that come out. Sure. But for a game that not every, you know, that isn't that popular, that, you know, isn't as popular as something like that, that's a huge amount of sales. 5 yep. million. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's plenty. Yeah. Um, the first game, the first game only sold about 4.5 million copies, Borderlands 1. Right. So... Already in, in about a month, they've they've well, already surpassed they've the themselves. original. Yeah. Um, so this game, if if you don't know, this is a first-person shooter right. with RPG-style elements. You know, uh, upgrading stats, putting in new skills, that kind of stuff. It's cell shaded, which normally is stupid, mm-hmm. and I would be the first to say I hate that kind of stuff. But it looks good, like it fits the environment you know like it, it fits the story it fits you know the sound like it it it, it isn't jarring okay and it doesn't and it isn't one of those games where you look at it and go well they did cell shaded because they couldn't you know they couldn't get it to look right any other way yeah they've actually you know, spent time on it and made it look good in cell shading um and it, it's I, i've heard this word uh described uh used to describe borderlands and that's uh, a loot fest a loot fest uh, loot fest yes um, I think it's very much like the Diablo type of games where it's all about, you know, you kill the guy and you're, you're checking to see what he dropped and yep. you're opening up that chest and you're, you're, you know, you're sitting there going, all right. Uh, and this game's got a ton of stats for your weapons, you know, like fire rate, reload speed, you know, damage, of course, that kind of stuff. So every time you get a new weapon, you go, all right, you know, so that's, so that's a, that's a, uh, an assault rifle. Let's compare it against the assault rifle I have. All right, let's check. Oh, damage is less, but fire rate's higher. Oh, is that worth it? Ooh. You know, and you, you sit there and you spend five minutes deciding, you know, which which assault rifle you want to keep, and you know what is is that special ability worth more than that special ability to you? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's interesting, and and there's a lot of different ways to play, even even within choosing the same character. Okay. Um. And each character, like, and that's that's just that's just that's even just talking about weapons. It's not even including like your skill trees, because um, so there's four main four original characters, and there's a fifth character who they've already released as, as DLC. Um, you have your commando, which is mm-hmm. you know the, I guess your generic first person shooter type guy is all about, uh, you know, big guns, kill, killing things, explosions. Uh, Exactly, and his special ability is he throws down a turret, which is always cool. Um, and to use, his, use him as an example about the skill trees, uh, one of them is, uh, I would say it's, it's defense-based. It's all about you know uh, upping your shield capacity, making it so you regenerate health when your shield's full, that kind of stuff. Yep. Uh, like So the, the stay-alive tree, so to speak. Yep. Uh, there's another one. That's all about damage. You know, uh, all guns you do 10% more damage. Okay, um, yep. You know, you, you move faster, that kind of stuff. So the more aggressive. Um, and I will say I don't remember what the third one is because it's not, as, it's not as simple. I think the third one's a bit more complicated than the other two. So it's not just offense or defense. I think it's a bit uh, stranger. So it's a bit of a different play style. Um, 
but and and each one has like a massive skill at the end that you kind of want to build to. So okay. like one of one of them might be for the turret guy. You throw out a turret and it creates a nuclear explosion where the turret is. Chief. Uh, and the, another one might be instead of throwing out one turret, you throw out two. Okay. Sure. You know, so so, you, so you, you sit there and you have your skill tree and you're going, all right, well, that's that's a cool ability. I want to make sure I get that. Let me focus getting you know following that that branch of the yeah, tree. Sure. To make sure I get that. Yep. Um, as you can tell, I, I'm playing as that character because that's the, to me that's the cool thing is just just the uh, the assault guy. Just you know the, the run in, blow everyone away, and they keep going. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's what I play when I play games. <laughs> That's um, why I die all the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because see, I'm good, so it, you know that's, that's the difference. Here. And I'm not good. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the the other character, so that one's the the commando, the you know your assault character. There's the uh, the assassin. Yep. Um, that that's all about sniper rifles. Uh, I, I think he's got a katana, so it's got a bit of melee in there, and like his special abilities, uh, he disappears and a hologram version of him runs around distracting the enemies mm-hmm. and so you get bonuses if the enemy is you know looking at the hologram when you shoot them stuff like that sure um then there's the gun gun zerker the gun zerker the gun, yes that I, I would say probably the coolest name <laughs> uh, his special ability is he dual wields any weapon any weapon okay cool yep. so you can have a sniper rifle and a rocket launcher and you'll be walking around blowing nice. people away with that and then the last person is the siren. Uh, now, her special ability is she can, I don't know what you want to call it, she wraps an enemy in a ball of energy and lifts him off the ground. Right. And that can be either used to take out a guy so you can concentrate on everybody else or to make him a target okay. for you know, your bullets and, and the rest of you know, the people you're playing with's bullets. Yep. Um, so, you know... The, They've all got you know these different abilities, and you know the nice thing about this game is that it's it's easy to jump in and play with somebody else. Sure, um, you can have two people on one. Uh, now I play on the Xbox, so I, I assume it's the, similar for uh, the other systems. Uh, you have two people on each Xbox, mm-hmm. and you can have a total team of four. So you can have two people on one box, connect to two people on another box, and you can all go out and have fun. You know, and, and I assume I'm relatively sure you can all be the same character if you wanted, but that's no fun. Sure. You know, the, the best part is to have you know one one commando, one assassin, one gunzerker, and one siren, and you know everyone's abilities kind of complement everyone else rather than you know everyone trying to snipe at the same time. Yeah, or just you know it's blowing shit up all the time. Yeah, just just explosions. <laughs> just is one big explosion, man. Yeah. Now. The uh, fifth character class brings up a topic related to this game, uh, which I, you know, maybe want to have a little discussion about. Uh, the fifth class is the Mechromancer, and it's uh, you. Your special abilities: you call it a giant robot, and it blows stuff up for you. Nice. As as giant robots are prone to do. That's that's what you have giant robots for, really. Yes. Now, when the one of the designers of the game, John Hemingway, was. Uh, discussing this this DLC that this necromancer character was part of um, he described one of the skill trees as the girlfriend skill tree <laughs> uh, okay 
And to, to get I'm just trying to read his quote. For what he said, he goes, this, he goes, this is, he goes, I love Borderlands and I want to share it with someone, but they suck at first person shooters. Can we make a skill tree that actually allows them to understand the game and to play the game? Okay. Now, people, you know, got a little upset at that because it was the, you know, they, they saw it as him saying, uh, you know, girls suck at video games. It's, you know, sexist, yada, yada, yada. And I, I want to say, I, I understand where they're coming from. Okay. You know, because it, it is kind of a, you know, with, with with something like this, where you know, as, as much as it is stereotypically a very you know guys thing to do, it is becoming very much a, I guess, more open environment for either gender to. Yeah, and I mean, and I mean, either gender really like there are plenty of female gamers out there. Right, hello, right. Hello, female gamers. Uh, there are plenty of them out there, so it's not like then they don't exist. It's but. You know, they, I, I th- they are very touchy about the fact that you know they there are female gamers out there. Yeah. That, you know, if you if you suggest try to suggest that girls aren't good at games or anything like that, they do tend to get in a bit of an uproar about it. Right now, he's he's gone on to uh, I'm relatively sure he apologized, and Randy Pitchford, the CEO of Gearbox, the company that released the game, also apologized and just said that he wasn't trying to say girls aren't good at games. He was just kind of using. Uh, a phrase that people would understand. Sure. A uh, generic kind of what people understand. Exactly. So as much as, you know, as I think we both said that it, it probably wasn't the best term of phrase. I don't think he's really walking around going, you know, he meant, he meant to imply, you know, girls don't <laughs> play video games. They suck at video games. I think he was just trying to say, like, from from his experience, maybe maybe he doesn't know any, you know, all the female gamers in his life aren't good. You know what I mean? Maybe they are the... The type who aren't playing first-person shooters, and for him, that's what he was trying to say. Sure. But either way, you know, we don't, we don't want to. We're not trying. You know, I, I don't think anyone should be crucifying him. You know, he he obviously wasn't. Um, Look, you get, getting beyond. Yeah. I mean, getting beyond the uh, the name of of it or, or whatever. It's it's about about bringing other new people into the game and allowing new people to uh, to to enjoy something that you know that uh, you know. Gamers and geeks have enjoyed for a long time, and I know that uh, you know. I, I sit here and I play. I play Assassin's Creed, and uh, and Mel uh, Mel feel, feels intimidated by that because she she doesn't know how to play like you know, you know uh, in this case you know third person uh, games. But you know she it, it's not about the name; it's just about the fact that look it. It's it's good that people are getting. It's good that they're giving a method for people to get involved in the game. Right, and uh, just because I think you'll find it neat, the the name of that skill tree that is supposed to be easier for non gamers to come in is called the Best Friends Forever Skill Tree. <laughs> nice, I like it. Uh, now, uh, you just mentioned Assassin's Creed 3. Have you got a chance to play that yet? No, I haven't. Uh, as you know, it was released uh, this week. And another one of the big things that's happened this week that I'd like to cover off on. Unfortunately, uh, I've been very busy with work-related things uh, and haven't managed to get my copy of it, which is pre-ordered and sitting at EB as I speak. Unfortunately, I went to pick it up this afternoon, hoping that I would actually at least be able to hold it in my hand and go, I have it, I have it. And yeah, that they were closed by the time I got there. So unfortunately, no. 
But, but, we can talk about it next time. All right. Well, for you listeners out there, make sure you uh, tweet Jelly and Facebook Jelly and tell him to play that game so that he can talk about it. I don't think I don't think I'll need much help. Generally, when I get a new game, especially the Assassin's Creed uh, series, which I absolutely love, I have a tendency to forego everything else. Uh, in favour of that game and look I'll be honest I have lined up a few days where I'm going to be able to play it it's going to be fun so rather than tweeting at me and reminding me to play the game maybe tweet at me and remind me to eat (laughs) (laughs) and and sleep and shower and (laughs) so moving on other big things have happened this week uh the one thing that happened this week that kind of came out of nowhere is uh, that Disney have bought Lucasfilm. Oh, Lucasfilm. That, that company sounds familiar. What do they do, Jelly? I think they do Indiana Jones. Oh. That's, that's the movie that... that uh, I think that can be the Harrison only one. The Ford guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, Disney bought Lucasfilm this week, uh, which as as you actually know does uh Star Wars and also uh the Indiana Jones franchise and uh so now they have added to their growing list of uh companies that they own uh which other other significant members of which uh think uh, companies like Pixar and Marvel and so now uh, the the internet is aflame with uh, both questions and people complaining and people rejoicing and a really just rather Star Wars-related chaos. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you mentioned Pixar. Did you know that uh, Pixar used to be owned by Industrial Light and Magic, which is a part of Lucasfilm? Indeed, I did. They, uh, Steve oh. Jobs, who <laughs> was involved in another company that you know that I, I love and we talk about on this show, uh, you know, bought, bought bought Pixar from them and turned it into the uh, with a lot of help from you know the people that are already are there still, uh, turned it into the you know the movie uh, giant that it is today. I think I think though that the more important thing uh, that is that is coming to light here is that is the Disney uh, and I think I think it's important to note because a lot of people are questioning whether or not this is good for Star Wars and partially for Indiana Jones but you know mostly Star Wars people people are asking whether this is going to be a good thing or a bad thing and they and they're very concerned and you know rightfully so you know, their childhoods are in you know you know they don't want their childhood ruined any more by the you know the evil that is uh, George Lucas. <laughs> the thing is, is that you know Lucasfilm is now joining a, a group of uh, other studios, you know Pixar and Marvel, who do great films uh, under under Disney's ownership. Um, you know Pixar does excellent films, and you know I, I think there's uh, very few of their films you can you can you can kind of say, oh, that's a terrible film. I really hate that film. You know, there, there's a couple that people you know flip flop over and and whatnot, like yeah, Cars. But but, and, and but that, is, that it, is even that's that's mediocre rather than bad. Yeah, it's always like oh, you know, that just doesn't it doesn't you know 
reach their normal standard. You know, well, their normal standard is you know much higher than anybody else in the industry. So, you know, it, that it's still saying you know doesn't doesn't say very much. Yeah, uh, B, and, B plus rather than or B rather than A plus type. Yeah, stuff. and you know, or, and Marvel, who you know has been doing their uh, has been doing the uh, Avengers films, uh, the you know the their comic book related franchises. And have they've all been doing very well, you know? And and again, is another it's another example of you know they haven't done any really bad films. They've done maybe a mediocre film, um, you know. Some people don't like you know Thor, and some people don't like uh, the second Iron Man as much as the first. But as a general rule, like when it comes to other, uh, when it comes to other superhero films, you know, the exception being of course Batman, who which is you know. Has uh, has you know been some contention with uh, with the Avengers films, uh, you know th- they're great movies, and you can't really deny that. Like the the, right. the two those two companies do great films. So yeah, and I, and I, th- I think what to take from that is to say that being bought by Disney doesn't mean being controlled by Disney. And yeah, and I don't think it necessarily means that okay, now Disney's going to make it suck because they're going to bring everything in and they're going to make it all like their other stuff. That's not what happens. Um, you well, know, also, I don't, I don't think it can, it can, I don't, I don't think it can go down from where it is. No, of, of course not. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> like, you so know, people, I, I think people who are afraid that you know suddenly Star Wars, the next movies. Which, by the way, I don't, I don't, I don't know if you've heard, but that they are releasing episode seven in 2015 with more feature films every couple of years. Yeah, so I believe that their plan is to do a new trilogy. Yeah. Yep. So I think worst case scenario, you're going to end up with episodes one, two, and three over again. But you would have, you know, like George Lucas wasn't going to stop trying to make money off Star Wars. Sure. So it's not like you weren't going to see things like at the beginning of it, but at least now. Um, because he's been kind of he he's not going to have that control that he used to have. So George Lucas will be an advisor, but he's not going to he's not going to be the the forerunner of the series like he was for one, two, and three. Yep. Um, no, so he's I, I he's think, on as a uh, an executive producer, right? Which um, you know it means that he's still going to have some some creative control over over the movies, but um, he's not going to be writing them or directing them. Yeah. And, and, and be, I think that's. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Let, let's be on. I mean, the, the, to be honest, he's. You know, that that's a better capacity for him. You know, he he is in a much better uh, situation when he doesn't direct and when he doesn't write because he's neither of those. Like he he isn't any of either of those things. Like he he's a far better. Uh, he's an ideas person, and exactly he's right. and he's most definitely like he's he has great ideas. I mean, Star Wars, and you know, like it's. Like it's excellent, and it came it, it it came from his brain. So it's not like he has terrible ideas. He has great ideas. It's just that when it comes to the uh, implementation of them, he doesn't necess- He's not great at the, he's not great at the writing, and he's not great at the directing. And I think that um, with him being slightly more hands off, and it is slight, you know, even though he's you know supposed to be mostly gone. Uh, I think I think it can only flourish. Yeah, and and for for those people that might be worried that oh you know he needs to be there to you know to, to to keep it in you know some form of you know to keep it fitting with the rest of the movies sure like you got to think um, Empire Strikes Back is p- 
probably most people's favorite out of the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. It was directed by Irvin Kirshner. The screenplay was written by Lee Brackett Brackett and Lawrence Kasdan, and George Lucas just did the story. So it's exactly what you said. He was the ideas man, but he didn't do the writing, and he didn't do the directing. Exactly. So I think think that this is probably good news as opposed to bad news. I think that Disney, uh, under Disney's watchful eye, I guess, um, I, I think that they will make good films, and... Uh, that these 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 films will be something to actually look forward to, as opposed to you know be wary of. Now, the one thing I am slightly wary of is that uh, I, I'm a big fan of the what's called the expanded universe, like the, the novels and sure. the video games, like the the continuity that's already been established for the you know outside the movie time periods. Yep. So if they make a movie. What what's going to happen to that, you know? So, in in the books right now, like in the most recent series, Luke Skywalker's, you know, I think he's in his sixties. He's kind of leading a a new Jedi order, so to speak. Um, you know, like how how is this next these next bit of movies? How are they going to fit into that? Are they just going to say it doesn't matter what's out there? We're doing what we're doing, or is it going to be we're going to take some of the stories that have already been written and kind of show them on the screen okay well for, uh, it's either going to follow one of two paths and uh, I say this having read an article earlier uh, to that kind of points out which directions it's looking like it's going to go in uh, and in fact I'm going to throw a link to the article that I read into the show notes because that's what Crazy. I do uh, so the the deal with this is, is it can go either one of two ways. Either they are going to, uh, they're going to go with a completely new story, and that's what it's looking like. It's probably going to be. It's going to be an original story, uh, and whether or not that follows the existing uh, canon, I guess, is is really up to the writers in that instance. You know, and and to some extent, uh, you know, uh, Lucas as well. Um, you know. It, it's well, hopefully like we can only hope that they will follow somewhat the canon that exists and just bring those you know to to the movies uh the other thing is is that uh star wars was actually originally intended to some extent to be a much larger universe which is what it turned into and i believe that there are um stories already written for a new trilogy and that is also possibly what they could follow. They could take those. Uh, they could take those. Uh, the, the pre-established pre-established uh, writings. Uh, writings. I'm trying to think of the actual name for it. Treatments is the is the word that I'm looking for. Your your fancy Hollywood lingo. Yeah, so they can take those treatments and turn them into actual films, uh, or they can have uh, like they can start with a new. With, com- go on a completely different direction, take new char- different characters, new characters, and kind of weave them into the into the uh, into the universe. Well, I mean, hopefully, if, if they do go the existing treatment uh, path, um, hopefully, the whoever wrote it has kind of seen what's already out there and, and tried to at least somewhat fit it into the established universe. 
because I know I, I a while back I was reading an interview with um, one of, one of the you know many people who writes the Star Wars some of the Star Wars novels, uh, and and by the way they're all like established science fiction fantasy authors who yep. you know want to come in and, and do something that you know that for a, a universe that they enjoy. So it isn't just like you know George Lucas's you know half brother over here who thinks he can write write the Star Wars novel. Um, <laughs> Wait, and, I and, think that's what they did with the first three films. Yeah, yeah that's probably true. <laughs> um, uh, and, and when they want to write a novel, it isn't just oh, I think you know Han Solo should you know suddenly appear in this area, and you know with the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, isn't that cool? Everyone will buy this novel. You know, there, there's there's people at Lucasfilm whose job it is to fit fit other fit stories into existing continuity. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, if you want to write about Han Solo, you know, ten years after Return of the Jedi, you have to, you know, they'll they'll take your story and go, all right, well, that's fine, except that, you know, at ten years after the battle, you know, after that battle, he was here doing this thing according to this book. So, you know, you need to either change it or, you know, somehow finagle it so that those two stories can both be true. Okay. Well. the, it isn't perfect. I was just going to say there. There are some situations like when when the new, when the the prequel came out, there were some changes because people, you know, George Lucas didn't know what he was going to do at that time. You know, when yeah, some sure. of the novels were written, there was a bit of guesswork that had to be changed. But for the majority of of it, it was, it, it didn't completely destroy, the you know the the universe that had already been created. Uh, according to the uh, to the article that I've linked to, uh, E Online has is claiming that they will probably is the that's who's claiming that they're going to do an, an original story for this and to to quote the article um Star Wars episode 7 will tell a story never bef- seen, before seen in the ex- extended fiction that uh that of course also applies to episodes 8 and 9 which were confirmed by Disney chairman Robert Iger on a conference call earlier today. So I think the thing is is that uh, if if they do go with new stuff, I think what they what what they're going to try and do is is kind of stray away as much as possible from the extended fiction that exists, so they don't tread on toes. Because I mean, look, Disney doesn't want to make any enemies for this. You know, the the whole purpose that they spent, you know, the four billion dollars acquiring Lucasfilm is so that they can uh, make use of the market uh, that exists and, you know, sell more stuff, which, you know, sounds really kind of cynical, but I mean, you know, they, they put $4 million in it. They didn't, you know, it's, sorry, $4 billion in it. It's, you know, they didn't do this just because, oh, they, you know, they love Star Wars and they wanted yeah, to, they, to see it, you know. They did it to buy a you know a product and make money off it. Yeah, they they did it as a as a financial thing. And so you know that the, the, their investment is going to come backed with you know certain things which one of which will be to you know try and make this work for the the fans that exist as well as the people who haven't seen Star Wars, which uh, look, let's be honest, it's probably not very many of those. Mm. So those one or two people. <laughs> yeah, especially the, considering the animated series they did recently, and you know the 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 movies were only in two thousand and five, I think. I think the last movie was. So it's 
like uh, they're not here to make enemies they're here to try and make uh, you know make the uh expand the universe and make it into something that they can make money from you know and the best way to do that is to uh is to work with what they have right that they do and i don't know if you noticed but there's a a couple other companies that or I guess sub companies that they, they get with their purchase of Lucasfilm. So it's more it's more than just the movies. Yep. Uh, they get they get Industrial Light and Magic. All right. Uh, which is the special effects company that yep. uh, George Lucas started. Uh, they they've been involved in pretty much any big movie with special effects in it has has had some involvement by Industrial Light and Magic. Like they're they're that prevalent in the industry. Yeah, they're one of the um, uh, biggest uh, one of the biggest visual effects or just rather effects companies that exist. Yeah, like I mean, I guess movies that our generation would know, like they were in, in they did Indiana Jones. I, I'm relatively sure they were involved in Jurassic Park. Uh, um, they were involved in uh, the Men in Black movies. There you go. There's, so, yeah, so, and they've, so they've done plenty. Yeah, exactly, and and, and not not like oh, they're special effects company, and what they do is is junk. Like it's all good. They are, which is what you want for a company like that. They're the best in the business, really. I mean, um, doing what they do, right? Um, one of the best. That's that's true. Uh, we we're, we don't we don't play favorites here. At, at no, we don't. Team. We try not to. Um, so th- another another I guess sub company they get is Lucas Arts, which is the uh, video game division of Lucasfilm. Um, yep. Which I, I guess hasn't been doing a lot recent. Well, I guess actually. Actually, I guess it has because they released the Star Wars Connect game, and I'm sure they had some iOS stuff. So all, all the video game stuff that's coming out is is also there, and and they do a lot of, uh, or they they've at least done some non Star Wars games as well. Sure. So it's not just Star Wars; it's it's games like, um, uh, I think it's Monkey Island. Yeah, Monkey Island. Uh, old school uh, game like Grim Fra- Grim Fandango. Uh, you know, so g- games that a lot of people care about, you know, are, are Disney's getting getting a bit of a a bit of a control over. Yep. Um, and then another company is Skywalker Sound. Now that's not one that many people would have heard of, but they do they they have a ton of sound effects that they they essentially own and people use in in tons of movies. Like so, if, if you ever watch a movie and you go. That that kind of sounds like a blaster from Star Wars for you know whatever whatever sound effect it is that they're actually using. Yep. It probably is the same sound effect. Sure, because they get it from Lucasfilm, uh, exactly. from Skywalker Sound. Yeah, exactly. So, you know that that's a pretty big, you know, not, not even not even including Star Wars, that's a pretty big uh, purchase. Absolutely. Like with, with a lot of a lot of talent behind that. Yeah, and they they also get. Uh, they also know partially own uh, because of Lucasfilm uh, they, itself. They they know partially own the Indiana Jones franchise, but um, there's not going to be a lot of movement on that f- at present because of the um, the complication that there is with the fact that it's partially owned by uh, by Paramount, and uh, there's there's a lot of kind of delicate footing that they have to do in order to try and make something happen there. I, you know, that's another franchise that people care about, and you know the thing is that Lucasfilm and uh, and co and they they own a lot of things that people care about, and so you know 
Disney's picked up, you know, quite a quite a collection of things that people care about with this purchase. I think it'll be. Uh, uh, I think it'll be. I think it'll be very good for Disney. Uh, uh, that's for sure. And because you know, a lot of companies use places like Industrial Light and Magic and Skywalker Sound for their films. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how things turn out. Yeah, well, ho- hopefully it'll be as good for the fans as it is for Disney. Indeed. And that's really, I think that's really a good point to end. I think I think we've covered a lot. I, I agree. And, and uh, next episode we'll have a lot less follow-up, so we'll be able to hit, I think, a couple couple more topics. Well, hopefully uh, we'll have less follow-up because yes, that, that's otherwise true. we'll have to start doing this on a more regular basis. Is, yeah. uh, just just so that we can keep the follow-up down. Yeah. Well, if you would like to read the show notes, you can find them online. Uh, you will find them at jellystyle.com forward slash podcasts forward slash jellyandbean forward slash two because this is the second episode. We would... Uh, it'd be very appreciative if you would rate the show on iTunes. You can find the link to us in the in the iTunes store on the website, as I mentioned uh, previously. But you can also search for us under Jelly and Bean. If you would like to get in touch with us to tell us about how awesome we are or how much we suck, or if you would like to tell us to cover a particular topic, uh, you can do so by the uh, on the website. The address for that directly is jellystyle.com forward slash contact. Very easy. easy. Uh, <laughs> you can also talk to us on uh, Twitter. Brandon is found at Brandroid Attack. And you can find me at Jelly Bean Soup. Uh, thank you for listening, and hopefully we'll see you next time for episode two. Bye.